How y'all doing this evening? I'm Dakota Adair. Um, I go to Hiram High School. I'm a senior, and I'm with the one and only Jake Page, who goes to North Paulden. And um, we're pumped, to, to, you know, to speak this morning. I mean, this evening. I'm sorry. Uh, we have a lot to say. We um, we're pretty pumped. I think God's speaking through us. I think uh, you know. I just I, I love this. They're, you know, all the seniors are coming together and and um, just you know being here tonight. Uh, before we start it, I want to. Um, I just want to. I have the opportunity. I just want to thank um, Todd. Uh, I just want to, Todd, for you, I can't see you, so I'm going to give a clap. I know we got a limited amount of time to speak, but I, I think it's a great opportunity just to say, you know, I, I, start, I started coming here in June, and, uh, you know, I really want to be involved in church, you know, and I, I came here a few times, and I, you know, and I guess I think of it this way, you know, you get in the, you get in the pool and you just stick your feet in, how about you just jump in, you know? Get involved. This is a, this is a, this place is great. Reckless is awesome. I love it here. I want to give a shout out to Ken Bawada. I swear he could be a saint. That's how I feel about him. He's he's an awesome man. So uh, we want to get started. And um, this is a big night. And just speaking of uncommon about how you know going against the flow and just being being leaders, being an example. Um, I think this is a great message that us seniors can lead to you. And how are y'all going to make a difference in the future? I think this is also a good message for some college kids. Uh, they're going off to college. And um, how are we going to be a leader? How are we going to be against the flow? How are we going to be uncommon? Um, I want to read this verse, Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for believers in speech and love, in life, in love, and faith, and in purity. Uh, before we start, I just want to pray real quick. Um, I follow the Lord. I just want to thank you for this evening. Thank you for this opportunity. Um, Thank you for uh, just, just this church, Lord. It's just been such a blessing to so many people. Um, just, I pray that you speak through us, Lord, and we give all glory to you tonight, Lord. And for your son, Jesus Christ, Lord, who died on the cross for our sins, and we're so thankful. And he's the reason we're here, here today. Um, just be with us and watch over us. And um, in Jesus' name, amen. Um, now, you read this verse, and I want to read it one more time. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. When people look at your age, I think they think a few things, and especially y'all as high schoolers, and especially how us seniors view freshmen. Um, you're inexperienced, you're, you know, you're in, maybe immature, um, you may be irresponsible. But I want to say something, and I, I thought about this a lot. Um, God looks at our hearts and says, I can use you to do great things. Now, I want you to think about that. Um, I want you to read this right here. God can use who he wants to, who he wants to as an instrument. It's up to us if we're willing to accept that call. It's up to each and every one of us. Because God can use, use any, any one of y'all. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that tonight. Um, we look at Timothy 4.12. You know, we look at setting an example in speech, in life, in love, in faith, in purity. I want to ask you, do you have to be 40 years old to have faith? Do you have to be 70 years old to love? Um, do you have to be uh, a certain age to be an example in speech and how you, you know, how you conduct yourself? No, you don't. God is telling us to be an example in these things no matter the age. And I believe there's two things that we need to have to do God big things, great things in our life, and to follow God's plan for us. 
Each and every one of us have a specific purpose on this earth, and God is using us for something great. And there's two things we need, faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. Um, let's look at King David. Um, not the King David, but the, the younger version, the shepherd's boy out in the field. Uh, I, think you, I think you know where we're going to. Um, this is the story of David and Goliath. Have any of y'all heard of that? Now, before I get started, I want y'all to understand something now. I think, I think a lot of us, where we grow up and we look at cartoon books of David and Goliath, you know, you know little, big, big David and little Goliath, you know, and, we're, you know, I want you, this is real stuff, all right? I think we're, we forget this, we forget sometimes that, uh, what's funny? Oh, my bad, I'm sorry. <laughs> when you get up here and speak over 100 people, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be messing up and stuttering. Um, so big Goliath, little David. Um, lost my train of thought, but let's get started. Let's get going. Um, um, now let's let's look. We see that. Um, oh, that's right. Understand this is real stuff. I just I want to make the, I want to emphasize that. I think I think as I was reading this, I think I get too much in the story. I think you know we we're taught in high school about stories. That, you know how we we look at them and the symbols and how what they set and the morals. But this is in the Bible, and this is real, and this is what God wrote. This is inspired by God. Um, now, we look that God rejected Saul for not obeying him. And um, so God was seeking a new king of Israel. And um, God directed Samuel, said, fill your horns with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. And Samuel did what the Lord said. And Samuel sees one of um, Jesse's sons, uh, Eliab, Eliab, and says, um, Surely the, Lord anointed, the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. Now, I think when I look at this, I'm thinking, you know, well, whenever Samuel's looking at Eliab, he's thinking, oh, this is, a, you know, probably, he was probably a big guy, probably a bigger cat, you know, good looking, you know, probably, you know, look muscular, I don't know, probably like, you know, probably look like Dalton Cobb, you know, just, you know, right? <laughs> Probably, I'll, that's going to be my king. That, this is the king that God's chosen. But God says, I'm just playing with you, Dalton. I love you. Um, but God says no. Uh, you see, Jesse had eight sons. And um, seven of them, so Jesse, you know, Samuel's going up. He's, he's looking at each and every one of the sons. He's saying, all right, this ain't it. This ain't it. Seven of them he's going through. And then, you know, Samuel's like, Jesse, this, God, who is, you know, this, God has not chosen one of these kids. Um, the Lord, um, and we see that the Lord has not chosen these. So we asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. So David's not even in the equation. So, you know, his, his own father is not even saying, all right, you know, David doesn't have to be here. You know, just, you know, worry about your sheep. Worry about my sheep, son. You know, I, look at that. Ain't that, I, I just, that just amazes me. Now we go on through the story in that God chose David. God chose, God chose the youngest son to be the king of Israel. You see, he chose this, this young, humble shepherd's boy, and his own father didn't even consider him, you know, to be there for, the, um, for God's chosen, you know, the anointed one. He thought that maybe his own father maybe thought, oh, this, you know, Eliab's probably the guy, or this kid, or this kid, and David wasn't even there. He didn't even think of David. Now, I ask you the question, has anyone ever doubted you? Has your own family even doubted you? Has, has anyone ever um, in your own family doubted you and what you can do or who you are? And um, we look in Samuel 17, 
the Philistines are gathering their forces, um, a war against Saul and the, and the Israelites. They camp along the valley and drew their battle lines. The Philistines, the Philistines and Israelites were on opposite hills of each other. So they're, they're in a valley. There's a valley. And, you know, the Philistines are on one side. We've got the Israelites on one side. And they're about to form their battles to go, you know, to go to war. Okay, they're about to get, you know, you know. And as you, so you go and imagine that, set the setting there. You know, and it's out in the um, desert and they're about to go. And this, the Goliath, the, 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 the champion, they, they call in the Bible, the Goliath. It comes from out the Philistines, and he probably steps out, and, you know, he's like, you know, um, you, know I don't, I don't, you know, who wants a piece of me? Now, I want, I want, you, I want you to understand, this man, Goliath, we all know, is a big guy. And I was like, how big is he? Um, well, he's about over about nine, nine feet tall. Now, good Lord, that's big. Yeah, that's that's big guy. And I want you to realize, let's go back. This is real stuff. So I want you to imagine a man who's nine feet tall, over nine feet tall. I mean, he would, he just, his head would hit that door, I believe. That's a big dude. And his armor was about 200 pounds. So how many of, I'm not even going to ask the ladies, but how many guys do y'all weigh about 200 pounds? Some of y'all, good Lord, man, that's a little guy. A bunch of freshmen in here, I'm just kidding. So it's a big old guy, so you, some, some of y'all aren't even 200 pounds, and um, let y'all are less than that. So, man, Goliath's carrying you around as armor, like nothing. This, this is a big dude, but I'm trying to point across. Um, so he stands out, and he's challenging anyone to fight him. Goliath says, this day I defy the armies of Israel. And Saul and, his, and his, the Israelites were terrified. Saul defeated the Israelites on fear, fear alone. Just standing there, they, they trembled. They were terrified of this man. David's three oldest brothers were, you know, they were fighting in, the Saul, in Saul's army. And David was the youngest. So, you know, he's at home with Jesse, his father, and he's tending the sheep, um, you know, just hanging out. He's not even, you know, he's probably not even old enough to fight in, in, fight in um, the army. He's not probably even old enough at this time. Um, now, you understand that about 40 days, this, this little battle's going on. I think a lot of times we, we think of, David and Goliath, it happened like at one moment, and everything happened. Now, this is 40 days that this is going on. You know, Israelites, the Philistines gather together. They, you know, Goliath comes out and just, you know, who wants a piece of me? Who wants a piece of me? You know, and over, you know, this is happening for 40 days. You know, and, you know, the Israelites, of course, are, I don't want to do that. No. So, he's doing that. Um, so, so David is asked by his father, so I want you to bring basically some, some bread and cheese to the army. So David, you know, the next morning does as his father's asked, goes out, delivers the bread and cheese um, to the army. Now, when he walks up, he drops his stuff because he sees a big battle going on. And this shepherd boy who's out in the field just watching sheep, you know, runs up and, you know, what's going on? You know, just, what's going on? You know, he's probably excited. He's probably pumped. You know, and he's, he's, you know, he's ready to, you know, what's, what's happening? What's, you know, what's going on? And he's staying there, and he's talking to the men, and, he, hear, and he, hears, he hears Goliath just walk out and just start challenging everybody. And, you know, and Goliath's probably going to give us a little spill, you know, I'm the biggest, I'm the baddest, bring it on. And David's like, who is this guy? You know, who is this guy? And, you know, and everyone was scared of Goliath, and they were probably talking about, this guy's big, this guy's big as can be, I don't want a piece of him. And David asked the man staying near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes his disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the army of the living God? 
Now, I think one thing I love about this is that David's not like, this is a big dude. Good Lord. You know, he's like, good. I mean, because David, it, it doesn't seem like he was a bigger guy. He's probably a smaller dude. And he's like, you know, he's, he's probably a bigger guy. And he's saying, who is this man? He never said that. He's saying, who, who's, who's challenging the army of God? Who's, who, who's army of the Israelites? Who's this guy talking? This mess. And he's, he's probably, you know, what's, what's going on? His older brother, Eliab, heard David speaking with the men, and he became angry, um, angry with him, and asked, why have you come down here, and with whom did you leave those few, few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. So, so you see that his brother's like, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing here, David? You just, did you just come here just to watch? Go back to your few sheep. I think he's making it almost, not even, a, you know, watching sheep is not insignificant enough, a few sheep. And he's like, what are you doing here, David? What's going on? Why are you here? You know, you're just here to watch people die. Is that what it is? And his brother, I think it's hilarious. His brother's, his brother's basically like, it's like a little brother response. was like, what did I do now? What did I, what did I do now? I just asked the question. And, you know, he's probably, you know, there's something I think what a young brother would say. And that's what he did. He's just like, and what do I do now, Eliab? And I ask you the question, has anyone ever in doubt, doubted your intentions? You know, you were, you, were trying, you were trying to do right, you were trying to do good, and someone, you know, someone accused you of doing, you know, having wrong intentions by doing something bad. So his brother's angry at him, and he just asked a question. Now, I want you to understand something that his, his brother's probably mad. He's probably like, you know, whenever... We'll move on. David tells Saul, I'm going to fight this Philistine, and Saul responds. Saul, um, you are not able to go against the Philistines and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. So David tells, so David, want, David wants to fight this man. He wants to fight Goliath. Now, I want, I want you to point out something I was just saying earlier. Um, David's brother was focused on how big God was, I mean, Goliath was. David was focused on how big God is. So I don't think that, that in David's eyes, Goliath was a big deal to him. He was more focused on, my God's bigger. David tells Saul how he, you know, listen, I got what it takes. You know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm you know, maybe a shepherd boy, but I killed, some, um, I killed a lion and a bear with my bare hand. So he's telling him, listen, I, you know, this, I was out, you know, watching sheep. This lion's about, you know, attack, you know, has one of my, um, my sheep's in his mouth, and I, you know, I killed him with my bare hand. And um, so he's basically telling this, and, he, you know, I think it's, it's, it's awesome that what, he's, what he says about it. He says, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hands of the Philistines. Now, I think it's awesome how he's giving glory to God. He knows that, you know, God's with him and that basically he's telling Saul, I, I got what it takes. I killed a lion with my bare hand. That's, that's pretty cool to think about. Um, Saul finally tells David, just, just go. All right, nobody else is stepping up. You just go. And um, Saul, you know, Saul's saying, you know, you're too young. And his brothers are mad at him. You know, his brother's mad, you know. You just, David, what are you doing here? You just come here to watch people die. And, um, David, you know, Saul tries to dress David up. He tries to, um, you know, put him on this armor and, and equipped him. And then David's like, you know, I don't. All I need is five smooth stones. And he puts them in his little shepherd bag, his pouch. You know, and you understand that David is underestimated. And um, 
at this point, would you have given up? I think he has everyone discouraging him. I, you know, Saul has told him he was too young and his brother's angry at him. Why doesn't David just go home and watch after his father's sheep? His family says you can't. His brother says you can't. Saul says you can't. David said he could. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine, you come, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into a shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. I mean, this, this is absolutely amazing. This, this boy who is standing uh, in the face of a literal giant, I mean, just, and in the eyes of the world, this, this little boy David has no chance. Um, there's just nothing going for him. There's no hope. I mean, he's standing in the face of insurmountable odds. I mean, there's not, there's, he has nothing going for him. And in, but in the, in the power of the... Sorry. Um, but with the power of God in his heart, David stands there with faith. And he knows in his heart that, that, that Goliath is just just a stepping stone that Goliath is, is just in the way of, 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 God's, of the Israelite army. And David defeated the giant, and it wasn't in his own power, but it was by the power and the authority of God. And I just want to reiterate, like, like who David was before this. David, David was a musician and a shepherd, and by no stretch of the imagination had any significance to the Israelite army. Uh, for, for number one, David, David wasn't even a part of the Israelite army. And number two, he, he was just a boy, and he wasn't even old enough to be in the army. Um, David, David, as a young boy, as just, as just a young man, did what, what no other Israelite had the faith or the courage to do. He, he stood in the face of Goliath, armed only with some stones, a shepherd's staff, and a sling, and, in, and defeated the impossible by the power of God. I mean, this, this, little, this little kid who was, like I said, in the eyes of the world, nothing, defeated a tyrant, an absolute giant. And uh, I want to share, share with you guys how he did that. Um, hey, push some of this stuff up for me. Um, I want you guys to flip back to uh, 1 Samuel 6.13 and uh, read it with me. But before I read that, I want to uh, 
tell you guys about the Spirit of God. Um, in the Old Testament, uh, or before Jesus came to the earth, uh, just because you believe in God uh, didn't mean that you had the Spirit, the Holy Spirit living in you. Um, it wasn't until after Jesus came, lived uh, on this earth, died, and was resurrected, and then ascended back to the Father that, that, that the Holy Spirit was sitting to live in everyone who believed in God. So uh, God just used, God used in very few circumstances and very few situations, God, was, God would send his spirit, his, his Holy Spirit to live in someone if there was just an absolute, like, overwhelming task at hand. And uh, I'm going to read 1 Samuel 6.13 with you guys. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. I want you guys to know something very important. And, and, and this, is, this is so true to myself. Um, this is the reason I am who I am today. And this is the reason that you guys are all sitting here. And that this is the reason you, uh, you have right standing with God. The same spirit, the same spirit that God gave David the, the, the power to defeat Goliath lives inside of you and me. I can't do this, Mike. I don't like not being able to use my hands. Um, the, the same spirit that God sent to live inside of David lives inside of you and me. We may be young, but that does not make us unworthy for God to use us. And as Dakota talked about earlier, God does not judge us according to our age or our looks, but he judges, us, he, judge, he judges us by our heart. If you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, then the spirit that gave David the power and authority to defeat Goliath lives inside of you. And you just have to stay obedient to God and have faith in him, and he will use you to do amazing things. David, this, this, this guy that had no chance, he had, he had, he had no chance of, of winning the battle. He had, he had no chance of, uh, of, overcoming, of overcoming or doing anything. And uh, his, his, his own father knew he didn't have a chance. All his brothers mocked, at him, mocked him and laughed at him. And uh, the king, David's own king, said, told David, like, dude, just, just go home. Go, go tend to your sheep. Like, you, you, you have no chance. There's nothing that you can do for us. And uh, because of the Spirit of God that lived inside David, he was given the authority and the strength to, to overcome Goliath. And uh, I, I just want to say that one more time, that about that the same Spirit that gave David the strength to defeat Goliath lives inside of you and me. And, you, and, and guys, there, there's nothing that you can't overcome. There's nothing that can, that can stand in your way and pull you down, that the spirit of God that lives in you doesn't have the power to overcome. Um, my own, like, little Goliath story happened a few months ago uh, when, we, when we were getting ready to leave for Nicaragua. Um, in the past mission trips, I had, I had prayed a little bit more before, before the trip. I had... Um, just been closer and had a better relationship with God. But uh, this time, for whatever reason, for, the, for just me falling in and giving in to the world, I uh, didn't think I needed to. I just never got around to, to, to really praying and asking God to move in me. And um, 
the morning we were supposed to leave for the mission trip, I still just hadn't, hadn't really asked God like I, I should have asked him to just, to just be with me. So I got down on my knees in my bedroom, and uh, I just bowed my head and prayed, and I asked God to, to fill me with his spirit and to give me strength. And I, I, I confessed to him that I, that I knew in my heart that I, haven't, that I hadn't been in praying and I hadn't been in touch with him like I should have been. But uh, I just surrendered it to God and asked him to, uh, to forgive me of my sins and to just fill me with his spirit. And uh, so I, got a, I went to, we went to the airport, got on the plane, went to Nicaragua, and God did some absolutely amazing things through me and through the, the other students that went to Nicaragua. And the, uh, the number one thing that, that stuck out with me was... Uh, there, there was a man, and he was just, like, in Nicaragua, they got these little, like, taxi bikes they ride around on, um, and they tried to give people rides on it to get money from it. I was walking back towards the bus, and I saw him. I just gave him a wave, and he waved back at me, and the first thing he did was come over and ask me for money. But I couldn't understand him, because so I had to get a translator, and the translator told me he needed some money, that his family was, was poor, and he needed money. I didn't have any money on me at the time. So, uh, but I asked him if I could share something with him, and um, this was a big thing for me, and it, and it was really scary. Like I said, it, I mean, this, this was my Goliath, but um, so I, I asked if I could share something with this man, and he said, he, he said yes, and this is, uh, remember, this is all going through the translator. So uh, I started to, to ask him if he knew Jesus and if he had a personal relationship with them, and he said no, he didn't, he didn't even really know who Jesus was. He hadn't even ever really heard the story. So I started from scratch, told him how uh, Jesus was the, the holy chosen son of God and that um, he, he came on this earth to live and to die for me and you and he was resurrected and rose again. And he ascended back to the Father in heaven. And in doing that, he gave us, he gave us right standing with God and that who, who, like who, whosoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. And this dude was a tough dude. He was somewhere between 20 and 25. He didn't care about anything but himself. And uh, I saw this guy walk up with, with anger, just thinking I owed him some money and, and asking for it, like, bluntly. He, and his personality went from that to, to his arms were wrapped around me. He was crying on my shoulder. And uh, he came to know the Lord that day. And... Um, And to think about what would have happened if I would have continued that morning on trying to just do it on my own, thinking I can, that I was enough, that I was going to be able to go to these people and give them something that, 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 came, from, that came from myself, that, that honestly scares me. Um, I'm so grateful to God that, for, that, that he just called me to get down on my knees that morning and ask for, ask, just ask him to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to for his will to just be done with me and, and everybody going on the trip. So um, that's what we have for you guys. And now we're going to pray, and they're going to sing some more, and it's going to be awesome some more. All right, I want everybody to stand up and grab hands. Scoot up so they can move everything. All right. 
Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this day, Lord, and for all that you do for us, God. Father, we just give our lives and surrender to you today. Father, and I pray for every single student in here, freshmen, sophomore, juniors and seniors, God, and I pray that if there's a Goliath standing in their life today, that is just standing in the way of you, Father, that you just give them the courage, the strength, the faith, and the obedience to overcome it. God, let us live a life that is worthy of what you have called us to live. God, let us not walk in this world for ourselves or for, or for, or for lustful or self-righteous desires, but God, let us walk in this world knowing and having our eyes set on the things of heaven. So God, we love you and we praise you, Lord, and we ask in Jesus' name all things. Amen. Amen.